Aloha. What's up, Penn Nation? You're now tuned into yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. This is episode 106. We've got three awesome guests, three hot prospects, guys you need to keep your eyes on moving forward in this wonderful sport of mixed martial arts. And as always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Pleasure to be here with you each and every week. For this episode, we're going to kick things off with good friend of the show, Bellator featherweight, soon-to-be Bellator bantamweight, and in my personal opinion, multiple division champion within that promotion, Juan the Spaniard Archuleta. We're going to preview his showdown coming up this weekend at Bellator 210 in Thackersville, Oklahoma, against Jeremy Spoon. Another great opportunity for Juan to go out there, show the world what he's all about, and prove why he is one of the guys that certainly deserves consideration for a title shot at 145 pounds. Then next up after Juan, at the end of this first season of the PFL, one of the gentlemen involved in the final for the welterweight strap and a million-dollar cash prize, Ray Cooper III. We're going to preview his fight coming up on New Year's Eve, talk about the opportunity to win a million dollars, how that would change his life, and a whole lot more. First time having him on the show. It was a pleasure speaking with him. And then we're going to wrap things up with UFC newcomer set to make his debut this weekend down in Adelaide, UFC Fight Night Adelaide, Jimmy the Brute Crute. We're going to preview this debut matchup for Jimmy against Paul Craig. We're going to talk about his time on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. And you'll also see yourself, or hear yourself rather, that Jimmy is oozing with confidence coming into this UFC debut. So there you have it, like I said, three hot prospects, three guys you need to keep your eyes on going forward. This is BJPenn.com Radio. I'm your host, Jay Kinch, the fighter's voice. Let's kick things off with Juan the Spaniard Archuleta. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show Good friend of BJPenn.com radio, set to compete at Bellator 210 this Saturday in Thackerville, Oklahoma, the man they call the Spaniard, Juan Archuleta. Pleasure, pleasure as always, my friend, to have you back on the show. How you doing today, man? Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm doing good. Just out here in uh, Oklahoma, Texas border, just relaxing before I get my weight cut going tonight. Really? So the weight cut starts tonight for you? Yeah, it's been starting all week, but uh, I make like the final drop. Um, uh, tonight and then tomorrow morning. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Fight being on Friday, you're going to be weighing in tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Right. Now I I know you were in training camp, so obviously you couldn't grub out for the holiday, but how was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, my wife always does a good job of preparing me, making sure I get to eat. And, um, so she did a good job of uh, preparing a good plate for me of Buffalo steak and a good, uh, sweet mashed potato. And then, um, uh, um, uh, you know, some green beans and, and bacon. So it all, it was all nice. Sweet, man. So you did get to enjoy some holiday food, but, but still maintain that weight and, and, and make it a healthy meal as well. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. So we're just days away from your return to action. You're set to take on Jeremy spoon on Friday. First off, man, how was the camp so far overall? <clears throat> it's been going good. Uh, just, you know, been, been training my butt off, uh, worked a lot with Dwayne Ludwig this fight. And then, uh, you know, with my teammates as well, Cub Swanson, uh, TJ Dillashaw, and um, just all the guys that have been helping me out. Uh, spent a lot of time in Denver, um, you know, becoming one of, um, you know, Dwayne Ludwig's prodigy now and just spending a lot of time with them and just trying to incorporate a lot more of my Muay Thai um, that he's been having successful with with uh, TJ. So just trying to follow the lead and jump in line and, uh, you know, handle business. Interesting, man. Now, obviously, I know everybody at the, at the training lab over there. You guys are working with killers, killers working with killers, and, of course, Sam Calvita. But uh, I know Dwayne gets down there as well. But you actually went out to Colorado. How many weeks were you there? Yeah, because TJ was doing a lot of um, his belt um, promotion and uh, promoting the UFC stuff. So uh, I, w- I would fly out to Dwayne, um, you know, spending two weeks out there at a time with them. And then, yeah, like you said, with Sam Calavita, uh in between picking the right times to go out there that wasn't going to hamper my, um, you know, my peaking ability. But, uh, yeah, I, I spent about a good four weeks with them, um, before my fight camp was like, you know, three weeks out. So, 
Awesome, man. Now, obviously, we, we've seen what he's accomplished with uh, with TJ and, and all these other guys. I know he's worked with you in the past, but I'd imagine you're feeling real sharp right now working with Dwayne. Yeah, man. He's he's just a wizard when it comes to putting things together for me and uh, adapting to my style and letting myself still be me and then adding on to uh, his curriculum that he has into it. So it's just a pleasure working with a guy like that. You know, same thing. It's like, you know, I get to work out. Uh, I get to train with Joe Daddy Stevenson, Dwayne Ludwig, Cub Swanson, and TJ Dillashaw, man. I mean, uh, I've really grown a liking to all of them and incorporating all their styles into one. And, you know, it's just so much confidence going into this fight, uh, leading into it, that no matter where the fight goes, I'm going to be dominant uh, no matter what. Well, you've always been incredibly well-rounded, but I, I can only imagine that that the uh, the gains keep coming, man, as you continue <laughs> to work with all these with, with all these great coaches. But, you know, we mentioned Sam Calvita. You know, you mentioned Dwayne being a wizard, the physical wizard, of course, is Sam Calvita. I'd imagine he has you in unbelievable shape, I'm sure. What's your resting heart rate right now? Oh man, it probably gets down to, you know, I want to say low 40s, high 30s, you know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, during, during my nighttime sleep. Wow. Now, I know it's cliché in this business, but I feel as though all you guys that work with Sam, your your best training camp really is, I mean, your most recent training camp really is your best one, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's born for peak performance, you know, it's just the more you spend uh time working working out with them, the better you're obviously going to get. And uh, me, I don't, I don't stop training. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that has to be training all the time. So I'm always advancing and always growing uh, with them and putting up new numbers, you know, and uh, some numbers that we put up that were um, personal records for me. Uh, you know, they're just, you know, Sam's unbelievable, uh, uh, you know, just bewildered by the numbers that I'm putting up. So it's cool to see when he gets excited like that means I'm doing my part right, you know? Absolutely, and that's always important, right? Not to plateau. Beating your own PRs, that's a big deal. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when I already st- uh, have such a high standard, you know, and I already started out so high at my camp. Right, right. Now, so, so Jeremy to Spoon. Surpass, that's nice. So, so Jeremy Spoon, he's coming over from the RFA for this fight. He's not well-known by the casual fan, but what can you tell us about your opponent? Give us your thoughts on the matchup. Yeah, when they um, told me that's who I was fighting, I was like, heck yeah. You know, I, I always get excited when they when they try to put me to the test. You know, this guy's 21-4, and four, a veteran in the sport. You know, he's a well-rounded guy. And, uh, you know, watch some film on him. And, um, you know, he brings it definitely on paper, Is uh, has a bigger pedigree than I do as far as wrestling and a better wrestler as me. And, um, you know, just been longer in the sport than me and fought some, some uh, good-name guys. So... I'm looking forward to going out there and, and demonstrating, again, a, a perfectly well-executed game plan and, um, you know, perfecting a flawless victory and just having fun out there and putting on the show for my fans. Now, Jeremy is taking this taking this fight in his backyard of, of, you know, being an Oklahoma native. Obviously, that puts a lot of pressure on him to win, but I'd imagine you have no problem going out there showing up to spoil the party, right? Absolutely, especially in Oklahoma. You know, we we uh, always got riled up when we wrestled OU boys, Oklahoma State guys, and uh, you know, going into someone's backyard and and putting a hurting on them is always fun. <laughs> so there's a there's a little bit of a I wouldn't say a grudge match here, but but you got some history with with Oklahoma in this one. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm uh, one of my last uh, matches that I've lost to a uh, Oklahoma State guy, um, Jamal Parks, and uh, you know, just left a sour taste in my mouth. I definitely don't want that to happen again. So, trained my ass off to go in there and put this guy to sleep. All right. Now, last time we spoke, you'd said that you were looking for a big matchup. How did you get, end up getting you know booked against Spoon? Is this the only guy that was available, or is Bellator taking their time to build you up towards that title shot? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think I got to. Um, you know, I definitely. I think with the win on this is going to solidify my title run for for uh, 145. You know this. Um, you know uh, um, the Pitbull. He's in a good spot right now. He gets to pick between AJ McKee, Aaron Pico, um, Darren Caldwell, myself, and a few others that are in the lineup. You know, um, <clears throat> I feel after this fight, I want to go down to 35 and just win a, a, a good fight there and solidify myself for 135 just in case if I don't get this 45 title fight I could definitely go down to 35 win a fight show them that I'm capable of doing that and uh put my name for uh in the hat for both drawings yeah right I was gonna say you you would also mention to me the last time we spoke that you wanted to go after Darian Caldwell uh that seemed to be the thing that, that was on your on your plate for for the next move 
but you know here we are at 145 again it sounds like the the original plan changed a bit but but you are just trying to solidify yourself in both weight divisions as a title contender yeah absolutely i think it makes it more marketable and just to show people you know should i even go up to 55 and um you know if, if i don't get a title fight uh here soon to go up and just make some noise there too just to say hey man i could do any weight class just just let me know who who wants me to step in you know who's going to accept the fight right now are you happy to have that gradual build up or would you rather be competing for the title now uh, i like the gradual build up because you know there, there's no question you know when um when you come through a new organization like I did, there was a question of like, uh, well, how legit is it? You know, like how how good is a guy coming out? It's like uh, college. How good is a guy coming out of high school? Um, the guys that I coached at in high school at St. John Bosco, the Valencia brothers, they were like, oh, how good are these boys when they get into uh, college? And they proved their worth. You know, I, um, so I come from a, a sport that you have to prove your worth, and that's what I've been doing. And you know, I've I've uh, I'm no sh- I'm I'm no stranger to taking shortcuts. You know, I've I've never done it in my career. Uh, that's why I'm at where I am now. So I don't mind the buildup. You know, it, it makes it for uh, all the sweeter. Right, right. Well, I feel like maybe Coker and, and the Bellator team, maybe they want to uh, to get you as much airtime as possible before that title shot so they can bill you as, as the next big star in the promotion. Does it seem that way to you at all? Yeah, I hope so. You know, I know they just signed that deal with the zone, and, um, you know, they got a lot of uh, European fights they got coming up next year. So, I'm hoping to be a part of that and uh, uh, looking to be one of those guys that they're taking across um, across across the ocean to go show these other uh, European guys how to fight. And it's not like you don't have a history fighting over there in Europe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fighting in Lithuania before, so I'm I'm down for wherever they want to uh, put me. I'm excited to go out there and, and put a performance everywhere I go. I got fans everywhere. I got a lot of fans coming out here to support me and watch the fight. So. I'm, I'm stoked either way. Awesome, man. Awesome. I got a good gathering that comes out and a uh, good supporting uh, group that comes out and supports me, you know? Well, that's good, man. Obviously, they're they're well-informed and intelligent fans to, to be hopping on the train with you now, brother. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> since the beginning, you know, they have all been part. Everyone that I have around me has always been part since the beginning, you know? Right. That's so important these days, too. You got to stay loyal to those people, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, obviously, your eyes are on Caldwell, Patricio, uh, there's some uncertainty there, but are you still gunning for multiple titles? You want to be a champ champ? Absolutely. And, and you know, that's my legacy to be, you know, I'm looking even to be a triple champ, you know, it's just, uh, it's just one fight at a time. And, you know, and who knows, maybe, uh, if Caldwell, um, uh, if Caldwell gets to fight at 45, he relinqu- or, uh, he relinquishes about at 35. I might not fight him. You know, whoever has that title when, when I get down there, I want to fight them for sure though. Right, right. So whether it be Caldwell or someone else, you know. Yeah. So, so after Friday, what's next for you is going down to one thirty-five. That 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 is the, that is the plan, unless a big fight gets offered to you at featherweight. Yes. If Patric- if Patricio, or I mean, if Pitbull, yeah, uh, um, says, "Hey, I want to fight Juan Archuleta," let's do it. But uh, if not, and he takes AJ McKee or uh, Darian, I, you know, I feel like Darian's proven himself at both weight classes as well. You know, and I feel like he has a the right to the title shot first, but hey, I can't, I can't help it if the guy calls me out and says, "Hey, um, I want to defend my title against that guy, against the toughest guy in the on the roster." Then by all means, let's do it. But uh, if he takes the other route and goes the other route with the other guys, I'm going down to 35, and I'm going to solidify my my um, title shot for 35. Right. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in my backyard too. I'm going to make sure I, everything goes good with this fight. And then, uh, you know, I'm looking to do a turnaround and get in, onto the LA card. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Refresh my memory. When is that one? That is January 26. So you're comfortable with that quick of a turnaround? I know you're always in shape, but I mean, assuming you come out of this fight uninjured, that's totally realistic for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I fought in, uh, seven times all title fights in, in one year before, you know, so. And uh, signing with them, I told them that's what I wanted to do, you know. So right. it's definitely realistic. It's definitely in my sights. Um, I'm always training. I'm, I, I got a great team around me that keeps me prepared, and I'm ready to, you know, step up to the plate. Absolutely, absolutely. So changing gears here, man, you mentioned your teammates. You know, I got to ask about them, of course. First with yes. Aaron Pico, man. Dude is a stud, uh, continues to, to level guys. What do you think about his upcoming matchup against uh, Henry Corrales? 
Oh man, both those guys are just heavy hitters, you know. I'm um, I'm actually super excited for that fight. You know, Aaron Pico's a young stud that comes up, and you know, when he hits you, he knows that he lets you know that he's gonna hit you, you know. So um, <laughs> he he's you know he's the type of guy that you you got to take him out to to uh, beat him. You got to pretty much kill the guy to to beat him, you know. So uh, I'm excited. He's getting better. He's getting comfortable. He's finding his stride. He's finding his um he's finding his style. So going into there and fighting Henry is going to be um, no easy task for him at all. But, you know, it's going to be an exci- exciting match. It's going to be like, you know, it's going to be like um, the old school boxing days when you when you get those good two Mexican guys that go in there and slug it out. I, I think that's what's going to be what it's going to look like uh, come January 26th for those two. Yeah, definitely, definitely an exciting matchup. Seems to me like you and Aaron are going to be running the show at Bellator soon. That's the plan, man. I, I definitely, um, and that's that's another reason why I want to drop down uh, to 35 and go get that title. Well, you know, he's on his title run right now, and um, you know, he's right there. If it if it, it if it would have looked like it was going to be a little longer, I wouldn't have mind staying. But you know, we're teammates. I want to step out of his way so he can make his noise and. Um, you know, he, him take the driver's seat from there and see where he wants to go with it and me drop down to 35 and, and um, make some noise and, you know, bring uh, two belts home, same organization for Coach Cal. Man, I'll tell you, that only lends itself to the to the kind of guy and teammate you are, man. So I'm sure that Aaron is very appreciative of that. Uh, oh, yeah. But in regards to your good friend TJ Dillashaw, give us your thoughts on his opportunity to become a champ champ against Henry Cejudo. What do you think of that matchup? Oh, it's always been in our sights, you know. Anyone that signs with us, I mean, <clears throat> especially with the uh, or not signs with us, but trains with us in the training lab, we have one vision on our mind, and that's to go out there and make history and win titles and uh, let people know that you could do it at any division you want. Training with Coach Cal because it's mathematically figured out. You're not you're not killing yourself making a weight. You're not you know we're doing it professionally and um, you know the healthiest way we can, and we're proving it um, going multiple weight classes grabbing multiple titles and let everyone know that we're the best in the world, you know, uh, that we, we're, we're here to stay, we're here to make noise. And, uh, this is, this is, um, this is the new breed of, uh, MMA. Right. Yeah. You know what? You mentioned new breed, man. Uh, I, you th- is there going to be any shots of you with some crazy heart monitors on for this fight? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, coach Cal, unfortunately can't come out. So TJ and Cub are going to run the show. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, sorry, I had a cough. Uh, they're going to be running the show for Coach Cal and giving them the numbers. So I definitely uh, will probably have a heart rate monitor on, and they're going to be uh, monitoring my, all, all my uh, heart rates and everything for my warm-up. So TJ will be in your corner for this one. Yeah, TJ Cub, Joe Stevenson. And then I also have uh, my manager, Tiki Gosen, coming out, and uh, Paul Herrera. Uh, I've been uh, uh, working with those guys as well. And, um, you know, they just – they Paul Herrera and Tiki Gosen are – you know, two of the best guys, uh, uh, Tiki, I signed with him. And then Paul Herrera, who's another legend in the sport and a uh, very good catch wrestling, been working with him. Um, you know, just having a good, like I said, having a good group of coaches around me is going to, it's, it's, it's priceless. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, man, obviously, uh, Tiki's a great guy and, and I've spoken highly of him uh, in the past, but you mentioned Paul Herrera. That's a throwback, dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, unfortunately for him, they didn't have his weight classes when he grew up, but um, <clears throat> he he did, he dealt with with what he had to deal with, and uh, he became a better guy off of it. Better, a great coach, super awesome guy, and um, you know, everyone I take over there just loves him, loves his style, and you know, we get after it. Right. Oh, you know what, shit, man. You met you mentioned coaching there. I completely forgot to ask you. Tell me about the wrestling program that you've been running at the training lab. How's that been going? Yeah, man, we just, uh, giving back to the community, you know, just, um, we started, uh, an elite wrestling program for some of the kids at the training lab, you know, a lot of parents, uh, you know, cause I, 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 passion is my, uh, uh wrestling is my passion and coaching is what I want to get into after I'm done fighting. And, um, you know, already I've had 13 state champ coach, 13 state champions, all 13 kids got a full ride scholarship to D1 division schools. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just something I'm very passionate about. So, you know, giving back to the community, sticking with the, with the wrestling community that, that gave so much to me and just creating opportunity for those guys, you know, you know, God's blessed me with the opportunity to coach and uh, have wrestling in my life. And I just want to let those kids know that they got a platform to advance in their life as well. That's a tremendous track record, man. 13 state champs that have gone on full ride scholarships. Yeah. It's a D one schools too. So in wow. California, it's one one state champ too, so you know it says a lot. 
Wow, man, that certainly does. And coaching is always a great way to stay sharp, right? Oh, yeah. I've gotten so much better and so much um, good um, good with positioning, with wrestling. Um, from there, it's been awesome. You know, we, we've been having a guy, uh, Daryl Christian, um, coming into the training lab. He's, our, he, he's a Greco wizard, you know, and he's uh, he works with our wrestling and just evolving uh, the MM, our MMA aspect of wrestling with the Greco because that's the future you know everyone's stopping takedowns now it's um it's about going going up to the body now and seeing how how guys can uh, defend the body which is almost impossible when we got a guy like daryl christian showing us our uh, greco right not to mention that standing clinch is clinch is so vital in mma as well so oh yeah yeah, yeah. very very wise of you guys to see the trend shifting uh ahead of time right yeah absolutely well, listen, Juan, you've been more than generous with your time, as always, brother. Let's wrap this thing up. And, you know, I know the weight cut and everything else, the fight week is, is very time-consuming. When you visualize the fight playing out, what do you see? Man, I see me just, you know, overwhelming Jeremy Spoon. You know, I, I, I see him wanting to quit or me getting the knockout, you know. Uh, either way, it's going to be feasible for me to do. I Like I told you before, I love going 15 minutes because I train so hard for it. I hope it lasts 15 minutes, but I'll take the knockout or the finish if it comes. Right. Can't argue with that, man. It's always good to get out there and, and get as much time in that cage as you can, but if the, if that finish comes early, you can't argue with it. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It took me you know, two two rounds and a, and a, and a few seconds of, on my last fight with Peralta, and it just came you know, right. just from constant pressure, and that's how I see this fight playing out as well. Now, will the Spaniard be calling anybody out after the big win on Friday or, or just maintaining that, that, that you want multiple titles and you're going to drop to 35? Absolutely. You know, I think um, one way to go out there and make a noise at 35 is to take out the guy who took out, who just took the, uh, the loud mouth out, you know, and that's um, uh, Bendejas. You know, he's, he's made a name for himself taking out Gallagher, and I think, um, you know, 35 is, is very thin and uh, – I think um, Bendejas is one of the guys that's going to be uh, that that'll make the noise to to jump in there and get a and prove myself for a title fight at 35. That's a very wise choice, man. Very wise choice. Any interesting walkout plans for this one? Another mask, maybe? Yeah, no. I, I left all the toys at home. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I want to go in there, uh, you know, clear-minded and uh, you know, just 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 take it to the uh, take it to this guy. Right. I got a lot of a lot of crazy feedback from from that last one, but <laughs> you know it's um it was actually showing love to the working class. You know uh, they're they're guys that um work with asbestos and um they're a hazard cleaning com- um uh, crew and you know there's there's um I, I love showing that because that's where I come from. I come from the working class. My dad was in construction his whole life. I done construction my whole life. I, I did um I was an electrician so. Just, just showing that those people work just as hard as I do to uh, get get where they want to be, you know, uh, to reach their goals and reach their dreams. And uh, those guys work their asses off. So I'm just showing love back to those guys for what, um, you know, what what they do, you know. Yeah, I remember you mentioning it that last time, and and, and hats off to you, man. I mean, obviously in this sport, people get it, people start to get some money, and they kind of forget that working class where they came from. So it's very yeah, exactly. important to remember your roots. But um, absolutely. All right, man, listen, we're certainly looking forward to the fight and all your continued success, my friend. You know, we got a lot of love for you over here at BJPenn.com. In conclusion, man, tell all the fans out there why your fight is one they do not want to miss. Well, I just want to thank you guys uh, first and foremost for everything you guys do for me as well. You know, all my sponsors and everyone that's been supporting me from day one, all my training partners, all my coaches. Thank you guys. And the fans aren't going to want to miss this out, uh, miss this fight because it's been the best me to date. You know, Cub Swanson, TJ Dillashaw, working with those guys, they let me know like, hey, man, like this is the best you we've ever um, sparred against. You know, you're going to go out there, you're going to put on a show, you're going to get a deadly knockout and you're going to take it to this guy. Just go out there and believe it. So, you know, they want to see a high, high output with um, um, very good technique and a technician go to work. This is the fight to tune in to watch. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, anything you think we missed? Any shout out, sponsor plugs? The floor is yours, man. Uh, so I, I, I got in um, partnership with this Kingston Coffee. So everyone, all the coffee drinkers, I love to drink coffee. Uh, go check out my Instagram or my Twitter handler, uh, JRTMMA, and go get yourself some delicious coffee, some of the best coffee out there, Kingston Coffee. I have my own line out, and it's called the Spaniard Brew, and, and it's going to be out um, to order anyone that wants to go out and place an order. I truly appreciate it, and uh, thanks for all the love. Wow, man, your your own brew of coffee, huh? 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't drink coffee, you know? Um, well, believe it or not, me. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm, I'm just strange like that, man. I, I just... I, right, yeah, I'm just strange like that. I never got into coffee. But tell me, what, what that must have... Like, how much work went into that to make your own blend? Oh, man, it's... um, You know, uh, the guy, Mark, that I... Uh, Mark Shelton, that I... Um, he um, are teamed up with and with his company. He already had it going, and uh, he's a huge fan of MMA. And um, he got with me, myself, Cub, and uh, TJ, and just started our own lines of uh, our own batch of uh, uh, beans. And so they're out there. Anyone that wants to order some batches of Killer Cub or uh, Killer Shaw or the Spaniard blend, it, it's uh, it's up for order. Awesome, man! Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Uh, again, man, always appreciate the time. We'll have to catch up again after the big win on Friday. Thanks, as always, for joining us on short notice, and uh, best of luck in the fight on Friday, brother. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. You have a good one, buddy. All right. Take care. Later. I got to tell you, folks, not only is Juan our buddy, but I truly believe that he is one of the most talented guys in the sport today. Make sure you tune in. Bellator 210 this weekend, this Friday, as a matter of fact, on the Paramount Network, and do Juan a favor. Go buy yourself some coffee. If I was a coffee drinker, I'd go get that Spaniard blend. But since I'm not, I'm going to encourage all of you guys to do so. But let's keep it moving like we always do. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Ray Cooper Third. All right, Penn Nation, Hawaii, stand up. Please welcome to the show the Waianae Scrapper, who has been taking the PFL by storm, the man they call Brada Boy, Ray Cooper the Third. Thanks for joining us tonight, Ray. How was life on the islands, man? Oh, it's good. Just um, out here training, uh, enjoying life right now. Right, putting in the hard work in the gym on the daily, right? Yeah, every day, hard training hard. How was uh, how was your Thanksgiving, man? Good. Uh, just gained a couple pounds, but uh, got to eat. Right, that's the hard part with the holidays, right? You gotta, you gotta do the double whammy here and try to avoid all the good food for both Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? Yeah, I really do, don't need to cut that much weight. I walk around around like 180, so it's not not too bad for me. Right, right, very good. Well, there, there's obviously a bunch I wanted to cover with you, man. But but let's start with the training camp. We're just over a month away from the biggest fight of your career. How has your camp been going so far? Good. Uh, just been doing the same thing I've been doing this whole this whole season. Uh, everything's working out, and uh, just just training hard every day. I got my brothers that's training with me, and my dad and my cousin, and yeah, it's just really going real well. Yeah, it's a family affair for you, man. That's something I wanted to get to here in a moment. But uh, you know, what's it like going in the gym and, and you know training with all, all your family members every day? That's got to be a pretty interesting experience. Yeah, it's good. Well, I trained them since I was, they was in, they were young kids. Growing up, I'm the oldest, so it was when I was wrestling, I trained them, and now uh, they all grew up to be men now, and now they're helping me train, and I also helping them. They like they later on like fight too, later on in their life. So right. just trying to help them out, and yeah, it's been awesome. Train family and train with big gyms. Uh, I really think gyms is overrated, and uh, they pull out some any drama and things that you distraction you don't you don't need so it's awesome to train my family absolutely and at the end of the day i mean they always talk about the camaraderie and the brotherhood between training partners but when they're your family at the end of the day you know for a fact that they've got your best interests in mind yes family always gonna be back and they always gonna be looking out for you and um that's the only people you can trust when times get really hard and Right. Yeah, family never goes wrong. That's the truth, man. That's the truth. Now you've advanced in this tournament to the final. You're competing against, uh, competing for the inaugural PFL welterweight strap against Magomed. Give us your thoughts on the matchup. What kind of challenges does he pose for you? Uh, sure. He doesn't have anything for me. I'm gonna do the same thing I did to him as my previous opponents. I'm gonna go at him from the beginning of the round, and I'm gonna take him on. I'm gonna knock him on. Maybe in the first round, wherever it goes on the ground, standing up, I can wrestle, I can box, and I feel like he, like he doesn't have anything for me. 
Now, you've had one hell of a showing so far in this bracket, which I'd like to get to in a moment, but what do you make of Magomed's path to the final and, and how he's looked along the way? I really didn't watch any of his fights. Just the times where we fight, I, I see it in the back. Uh, I really don't watch. But this last one that he fought, Paul Mukush, uh he kind of was backing up and, and uh, kind of just playing his little point-fighting game. Uh, and I didn't see no point-fighting. I, uh, I come there and come for throw-down, tuck my chin, and we're going to swing. Like back in Hawaii, we just been scrapping. That's how, that's how I come out to be. Right. Like all BJ fans used to go out and fight. They just used to come out and fight and scrap. So that's right, baby, so just scrap. <laughs> yeah, that's the motto. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, it sounds to me like you're 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 not a guy who really studies opponents too much. You're more focused on what you're going to go in there and do. Yes, uh, more focused on what I'm going to do. Okay. Now, in your opinion, I mean, obviously, I know you're not studying these guys too much, but is he the toughest matchup in the welterweight division, in your opinion? Um, no, I think I beat the toughest guy twice already. So, right, really right, exactly. You know. from him, so yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, speaking of tough matchups, you know, your road to this moment, honestly, man, nothing short of sensational. Finished all your opponents, faced arguably one of the best in the world in Jake Shields twice. Finished him both times. On top of that, avenging the loss of your father back in 2004. What a story, man. I mean, I can only imagine that you have to be beyond happy with how things have played out so far. Yes, um, this is always my goal, to fight Jake Shields. I'm watching him when he when I was like 11 years old, watching him fight my dad and watching my dad lose. And I knew from that, that time I was going to fight him. I don't know when, but I'm going to fight him one day. And uh, Ray Sheffler and the PFL gave me that chance. And I'm forever grateful for them. And thanking God that he gave me this, blessed me with this opportunity. And yeah, it's just a real blessing that I got to accomplish one of my goals. But I ain't done yet. And I'm keep keep climbing the ladder and pushing myself. Right, of course. Definitely not done yet and still plenty left to accomplish. But... Uh, you know, it sounds to me like ever since that, that day at age 11, I mean, this is all a culmination of, of uh, everything you've been working for your whole life. What, was this first fight with Jake, That it sounds like that was really personal for you. Yeah, it was kind of personal. Watching somebody beat up his dad, it kind of hurt. It hurt, it hurt, it hurt me when I was watching it now. So. Right, I, I can kid, only imagine. So I didn't really understand the sport. I just thought somebody beating up my dad, and, you know what I mean, so... Um, but as I grew older, I knew I had to do things. I had to wrestle. I had to learn. And someday I'll get my opportunity. And um, Jake is a tough guy. He's one of the best guys in the world. And I think he's one of the best fighters in the world. He beat the welterweight champion that is now. So um, that makes me the welterweight champion of the UFC. <laughs> right. But, right. Yeah, but Jake beat a lot of tough guys. And he fought GSP. And, I am so honored to fight him, and yeah, it was an honor to fight Jake. I watched him when I was growing up, and he's a beast. Yeah, it almost seems like, you know, storybook at this point, especially if you're able to win this entire thing and take home the belt and a million dollars. You know, would you agree with that? I mean, does this all kind of seem surreal to you at all? Yes, this is my goal from the beginning. When I got into this tournament, I was going to make it to the final, and then... Uh, this is just my goal to push myself and fight the best guys. And uh, this is not the end. I'm gonna keep going. And after this, after I accomplish and win in the finals, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move up, move up and wait if the uh, people allows it. And I'm going after everybody. I'm gonna fight the best guys and whatever weight. So I'm looking to push myself and just keep going and moving forward. Now, obviously, a million dollars is life changing. But, you know, what would it mean for you to win that cash prize? You know, what are your plans for the money should you be victorious, uh, you know, in this final? Oh, just taking care of my family and taking care of my mom and my dad for everything they did for me throughout the years. Uh, I was supposed to go to college and wrestle, and I chose not to. I chose to fight. It's been tough these last four years. I was out of high school and I was supposed to fight. I mean, go to college and wrestle, and 
my mom did, did a lot for me. And, uh, you know, they put me to school, got me letters from online schools. And uh, I just like take care of them and give them back everything they did for me and sacrificed for me. And that's the least I can do for my parents. I just take care of them the rest of their life. Absolutely, man. And, and what a beautiful story it would be. Um, you know, when the, when the PFL first announced this format, I was very excited for several, several reasons, but most of all, I was happy to see opportunities for you athletes, you know, a fair shot at a title, a huge payday at the end. You know, I, I truly think that moving forward, this format could change the game. I'm wondering, would you agree with that? And, you know, give us your thoughts on, you know, what the PFL is trying to accomplish here. Yeah, I think, uh, this is the future of MMA. Uh, we're starting, we're going to. We're gonna start doing it like how the NFL does it, you know, real professional. That guys running the bounce again when title shot. It's uh, you fight, you move to the next leg of the bracket. You fight, you move to the next leg of the bracket, and you get to the championships. So it's no put, put politics in this thing. It's just you fight, you win, you move on. Not you talk so much and then you get one fight. And I think the UFC ranking system is totally bullcrap the way they do stuff and it's not how you really rank people it's how you do in a tournament like how college wrestling is at the end of the year they go to the national tournament and whoever wins the national tournament is the champion and then it resets every year that's how it's supposed to be right so i think we're gonna take over the UFC. this is the future of mma and um i'm excited for what the pfl has to Offer next year, I'm hearing more guys are going to be in the tournament, so it's going to be awesome. We're going to change the game, and the fighters are going to get paid well. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I felt, too. I mean, you had to get through this first season to really see how things shaked out, or shook out, rather, and then you would see a lot more guys come over from other promotions that, that want to be involved in, in such a great opportunity. Uh, but the other beautiful part of the season format, you get to take some time away from competition heal up and, and focus on getting better, right? Yeah. We got we got around like four to five months of a break, rush your body. Like you still gotta be training for the next season. It's it's awesome. It's not like you're gonna be out for so long not making any money and you know what I mean? Some some guys in the UFC they don't fight for like one good eight months or a year. So this is real good how we just take off for five for four months and we're right back in it throughout the season and um it's it's gonna be awesome bro absolutely man absolutely now as we mentioned earlier you know we talked a bit about your father and you know i know everybody in the hawaiian nation is a scrapper to some degree or another but what has it been like for you coming from a fighting lineage you know i know you mentioned when you watched jake uh and your father compete back in 04 you know that set the fire for you initially but did you always feel like you were destined to compete in mixed martial arts um, yeah, I guess, but I just, I know I wanted to fight this, so I used to go and watch my dad train, and throughout the, when I was a kid, watching him train with my, my dad, my uncle Ron, John, and, uh, watching him fighting Super Brawl, it was, it was just surreal to watch that as a kid, watching the Blaisdell, the Blaisdell was packed, pack house, like all the UFC is now. But back in the day, the Super Bowl was the UFC. And it was just amazing to watch. And I knew I wanted to do that from when I was young. And my dad put me in wrestling, and that's where it started. Right. So when you were a child, he didn't keep you away from this grueling life of mixed martial arts. You were around it. Um, Yeah, I would watch him train and stuff. My dad wouldn't fight as much as, as, as I fight. He had a job. He had to work and train. So the thing, the balancing of the of the training and then coming home and spending time with us. It was real hard for him. But um, he had to work, so fighting wasn't his priority. But right. Just to watch him fight and to fight the best guys. He fought Jake. He fought Hermes Franco. He fought uh, Frank Trigg. Plenty good guys. And it was just an, it was awesome to watch that. And I knew I could do that too. And to fight the best guys, uh, I just wanted to do what my dad did, and um, I'm living it now. He's my main, he's my trainer, he's my head coach, he's my manager, he's everything, and um, it's awesome to have him training me now. 
Does it feel like, like you mentioned there, I mean, back in the day, as far as financially goes, it, you know, it's, it's, it's rough considering you had to train full time, try to compete against the best in the world and then have to work full time as well. Do you feel like he's kind of living through you vicariously now or? Um, no, not really. I, I'm the one that asked him to help me and train me for this. He was, he, he's fine with himself. He worked. He really didn't care about if he fought again. He just worried about taking care of his family. And he would be work. He would work. He'd be working, working. And when this season came up, I asked him to to train me, and he said, "Yeah, right." And he's the only one that can push me, and nobody else can push me. And my dad is still in shape. He busts me up every day, and uh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, but man, it's awesome. I can only imagine, man. It must be incredibly valuable to have an OG like your pops in your corning in your corner as you were coming up. What's the most important advice he's ever given you? Um, I'm, I'm really different from him. Uh, it's just he always try, gets me to calm down. I'm, I'm real aggressive when I get in there. Right. And, uh, I need him to help me calm down and uh, pick my shots. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I like to just go in there and just scrap. Uh, he's my he's my uh, mentor to calm myself down. Right. Keep my heart <laughs> <laughs> now you look to cement the family legacy and accomplish all that you know your father had dreamed of here. That being said, man, how do you visualize this fight with uh, with Mag- Magomed playing out? Sorry, he's got a tough name, man. How do you visualize this fight yeah. playing out? I know you said uh, you know you're th- you're thinking first round knockout, but realistically, h- how does it all play out in your head? I'm gonna. Right in the bell ring, I'm gonna go right forward. He's gonna back up, and I'm gonna end up catching him. He has nothing for me. His punches is nothing for me, and um, I'm gonna catch him sooner or later. Whether it's standing up or on the ground, uh, he can't handle my pressure, and yeah, I think I'm gonna finish him in the first round knockout. All right, and assuming you get the win, you know you go into 2019 with a fat stack of cash, a title, and a target on your back for the next season. Uh, but it sounds to me like you plan on moving up to, to, to compete at 185 for the next season. Yeah, it could be an uh, option. We've got to go talk to Ray Chef with him. And that's, that's what I, uh, I would like to do, but um, I think my contract is 270 for this next year, so we'll see. After this fight, we'll talk about it, and uh, I will eventually move up and fight and keep fighting the heavier guys and the only way you can push yourself, you're not going to push yourself fighting small guys. I'm going to fight the best guys, the biggest guys, and the strongest guys. Hey, man, that only lends itself to the kind of competitor you are, looking to go out there and challenge yourself more and more every time. Uh, listen, man, I can't I can't, uh, can't, thank you enough. In conclusion, tell all the fans out there why your fight is one they don't want to miss, and make sure they tune in to this PFL uh, inaugural final for all these titles coming up uh the end of end of, end of December. Yeah, just tune in. It's going to be fireworks on New Year's Eve, and uh, I'm looking forward to watch a knockout. Yeah, I'm going to finish this guy in the first round. All right, man. Anything you think we missed? Any shout-outs, sponsor plugs? The floor is yours, brother. All right, I just want to thank my sponsors, Hawaii's Finest, and uh, my mom and my dad and my wife and my uncle Paul and Corey. Thank you, guys. And, yep, thank you. All right, it was a pleasure to speak with you today, man. I hope we can catch up again after a big win. Have a great rest of your training camp, a great holiday, and uh, best of luck in the fight. Mahalo, brother. Thanks. Aloha, bro. Thanks, Jason. Have a good one, man. Later. I don't know about you guys, but my takeaway from that interview is that Ray is strictly business. Biggest fight of his life coming up on New Year's Eve. And again, an opportunity to go home with a title and a million dollars. That would be truly life-changing for the slugger, Hawaiian scrapper, that is Ray Cooper III. But alas, my friends, let's move on. Let's keep it rolling. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Closing things out tonight, Jimmy the Brute Crew. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show... Undefeated light heavyweight prospect set to make his promotional debut with the UFC this weekend. Joining us from down under, Jimmy the Brute Crew. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us this morning, man. How's it going? 
Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Everything's going really well. Um, White cats on point, still eating heaps, and yeah, man, I, I got nothing to complain about. Ah, uh, you're you're ready for battle, mate. I was born ready. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, man, what time is it over there? Um, oh, let me have a look. Nine thirty a.m. Right, so just getting your day started. What's on the agenda for today? So I've got a bit of media to do with the uh, UFC and um, trying to get. I want to get a session, probably do some pads and uh, nah, just normally fight week. I go for heaps of walks and just chill out. Right, right. Yeah, I mean fight week uh, always the hectic, hectic struggle of trying to do all the media and all that stuff, but. Uh, how was your training camp? How was your training camp leading up to this fight? I'd imagine you're feeling really confident going into this one. Yeah, training camp was um, fantastic. Actually, this is the first training camp where I haven't have to, had to um, work full time, so I was uh, I was pretty excited about that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I was uh, just feeling feeling great, just real positive vibes, and you know, I know I've got a hell of a challenge in front of me, so it just it just fuels me. Now that I, I know that's always the struggle of up and coming guys <clears throat> trying to find that balance between, you know, putting food on the table and, and competing and, and pursuing what you love. Uh, what did you do for work? I was a forklift driver, and um, and then I got into personal training a little bit. But yeah, now I just train full time. I was training full time while working full time as well. So that was hectic as right, right. No, no time for sleep, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I got to say, man, I know out here forklift drivers make some pretty good money. You must have been doing all right, though. Yeah, I was, um, I, I was, I was definitely making a hell of a lot more money than I was fighting. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, what team are you with out there? Are you, are you on the same team as the, as, uh, or it's coming out of the same gym rather as Tyson and Ty? No, nah, um, they're in Sydney. I'm in Melbourne, which is like, a. I don't know how far it is, but it's pretty far. Um, I'm with uh, Team Greco and uh, Stewie's House, which, uh, yeah, amazing. Right, right. Well, I mean, there's amazing gyms all over the planet, and uh, not <clears throat> nine out of ten times, some of the ones that, that people aren't too familiar with always have a room full of killers. Uh, yeah, exactly. But you, you mentioned the weight cut. Now, are you a guy that cuts a lot of weight to make 205, or, or do you – Walk around close to fight weight year round. I know I've got I've got four kilos to go. Wow, <laughs> easy. Um, and you know I walk around. I probably walk around at one hundred and two. Um, I used to walk around at ninety five, <laughs> but uh, which which I've, my weigh-ins at ninety three. So I'm I'm sort of slowly putting on size. People used to tell me to go to middleweight, but. I don't, I don't care if I'm fighting guys bigger than me. It doesn't bother me. Like, I just use my speed and technique, and hopefully that'll be enough. But, yeah, I'm not scared to fight guys bigger than me. Well, at the same time, we see a lot of success with guys moving up to, to fight at a more natural weight for them. And, I mean, it sounds to me like 205 pounds is, is very close to your walk-around natural weight. So it sounds to me like you made the right decision. Yeah, like, look at Rob Whitaker. He was having wins and losses at welterweight, and then as soon as he moves up, he's the he's the champion. Right, right. It's crazy. The guy, I don't understand guys that want to friggin' kill themselves to make the weight when, what, just so you don't have to fight people your own size or a little bit bigger than you, what are you, that much of a pussy? Like, <laughs> right, well, it's like everybody wants that advantage to be the bigger guy, but at the end of the day, there's, there's so many diminishing returns of cutting all that weight. It's like... Why even Mate, bother? Bring it on! I don't. I don't care if you're six foot six. I'll still fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> now, listen, man. You must be beyond excited to make this UFC debut this weekend, and not only finally make that walk to the famed octagon, but to do it in your backyard as well. Yeah, mate. Uh, it's been a dream come true. I I decided to do this ten years ago when I was twelve years old. Um, that was the day I decided I wanted to fight in the UFC when I. I went back to the change rooms at Jiu-Jitsu and um, the boys were talking about it. So I went home and YouTube UFC and, uh, yeah, that moment I was like, that is what I want to do with my life, 100%. Wow, that's interesting, man. You know, I'll jump ahead here. That was something I wanted to get to in a moment, but since you brought it up, you know, I was wondering if you could give our listeners a bit of a history on your career and your journey so far. 
Uh, when did you first get into martial arts? It sounded like sounds to me like you competed in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and, and at the age of 12, you decided you wanted to be a mixed martial arts fighter. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I've done martial arts for my whole life. I started karate when I was four and um, moved on to judo when I was eight and did judo for a while. And yeah, started I started jiu-jitsu when I was 12. And then I was pretty much begging to start striking for a long time, but my man's pretty switched on with all, all that stuff. He used to fight when he was younger and stuff. And he, he wanted me to get a good foundation of grappling first. So that's what we did. And then I started striking when I was about 16 or 17. And then I moved down to Melbourne when I was 18 to, to train with Sam full-time, who is an absolute legend in the, in the world. of um, He was a K1 superstar back in the day. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much my whole training career. Wow, man. So it sounds to me like not only have you been in, in martial arts for your entire life, but you've you've got a, a bit of diversity in, in all of the uh, disciplines in this game. <clears throat> yeah, but I, I think the most important part is just being able to blend them together, and that's that's where Sam comes in because he's fought MMA at, at a very high level. Um, and we got we got guys around us that uh, just had so many fights and so many different sports as yeah, everyone's just there to help each other, and we just blend it together really well. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's so important to have that that good guidance that that uh, you know, of having someone be able to say, "No, you probably shouldn't get into striking just yet," and and uh, you know, progress into that at the right pace. That's so important for an up and coming guy. But at just uh, twenty two years of age, man, you're already gone. You've already gone seven and zero. Uh, you must have obviously been very bu- oh eight and zero. My apologies. You must have uh, you must have been obviously very busy from the beginning of your career. You made your debut at what twenty? Nineteen. Um, yes, yeah, so I made my pro debut at nineteen against a guy that was twelve and five. Um, that was fun. Um, yeah, we just got after it straight away. I've had three fights a year since I started, and that I think that's a healthy number, but. Um, I think, I think what rushed me up so quick was the fact that I was just willing to fight anyone and, you know, I've never, I've never ever turned down a fight. So, you know, it paid off and got me to where I wanted to get to a bit quicker than everyone else. Right. Well, you got to take those opportunities as they come and, and take those risks, you know, for the big rewards. Um, but, you know, who do you admire or look up to in this game? Who are your favorite guys to watch and who inspires you the most? Um, oh, I've got to say all the guys I train with or else I'm going to get mad. Nah, um, <laughs> uh, guys like uh, Daniel Kelly, who I do train with, and Cal Potter, um, Rob Whittaker, I don't train with Rob, but he's he's amazing. He's one of my big inspirations. Um, I was a big um, big fan of Sam Greco growing up, and now, now he's my head coach. Um, I always loved Frankie Edgar. And just guys like that, guys are just sharp to punch on. Right, grinders. Don't make excuses and just get after it. Right, tough as nails, grinders, go out there and get to work, right? Absolutely. Um, now, getting getting back to this matchup, um, Paul Craig coming off a sensational comeback victory from back in March. Uh, most people are saying that the, it was the comeback of the year, and you know, for him to land that triangle choke with a second left in the fight, Give us your thoughts on Paul as, as an opponent. What kind of challenges he pos- uh, poses to you stylistically? Yeah, it was, that was a good win. I, I watched that. I absolutely lost my shit when I saw that. It was it was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like Paul. Um, got nothing but respect. But you know, I, this is a this is a job, and I my job is to go out there and smash his head in for uh, three rounds or until he gets knocked out or subbed. Um, yeah, oh, he's got some. Um, he's got some really, really good jujitsu off of his back, especially. Um, I think he's sort of underestimating my grappling because uh, at the start of my career, I was known as a grappler. But now everyone looks at me and they think I'm just a um, a heavy-handed striker. But you know, I can. I've, I've been in jujitsu comps with the best guys in the world and and held my own and done done well. So. No, I look forward to um, seeing his face when I when I sprawl on him and um, I end up on top of him. But um, yeah, I got nothing but respect for Paul, and 
you know, he poses some threats. There's no doubt about it. Anyone at this level poses some threats. Um, I feel like we got a good game plan and we're just going to go out there and execute it. Now, seeing a guy come back like that, I'd imagine you're going to the end of this fight prepared to not only scrap it out to the final bell, but you know, also stay sharp to the end as well. Yeah, I've been I've been through five round wars um, twice now. I've been in five rounds. I know I can, I'm, and not only five rounds, but I've pushed the pace for five rounds. You know, people were having a crack at me on contender because of my output. People don't realize I can keep that pace for five rounds, and I have before. Um, so, yeah, I can I can go three rounds no problem. Um, you know, I, I know he's going to be dangerous to the till he's out or till the final bell sounds. So I just got to I just got to yeah be on my be on my game and and stay focused. That's a big advantage you have over a lot of guys, right? I mean, most people at your level coming into the UFC, they haven't even gone five rounds. Knowing that you can push the pace that long, that's a huge advantage to have, right? Yeah, it is. I, I And not only, like, I've gone five rounds of broken ribs that I did two weeks before the fight. Like, it, it doesn't bother me. If, if, you, if you really want this, you can just put everything aside and go, you know what, F this, I'm going for five rounds. I don't care what happens. Um it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. Go on the distance. Finish him in the first. Finish him in the second. It, whatever. Whatever presents itself, I'll take. All right. Now you mentioned uh, the Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. There, uh, you managed a first round finish in that. Doesn't get much better than that, right? What was your experience like on uh, Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series? That was crazy, man. I loved it. It was. Um, it was a real different sort of setup which was really cool. <laughs> like, when you walk out, there's no music. There's not much of a crowd. I think that, I think there was about 80 people in the crowd, if that. And, like, yeah, it was just a really, really different experience. Yeah. I, I, I know. I'm definitely I've, glad I came through there. Right, right, right. I've talked to a lot of guys through there, and uh, they, they all seem, would, I think, would agree with you that just that intimate setting is something that's uh, a lot of guys aren't going to be able to experience, you know? It was like a gym fight. With right. Dana White, Sean Shelby, and Mick Maynard watching. Right, right. <laughs> so it's like the pressure's there, but it's not so much the limelight. It's a very interesting uh, scenario. Yeah, it was uh, It was definitely a fun experience. Vegas was fun, too. <laughs> right, yeah. I <laughs> can't go wrong in the fight capital of the world, man. Sin City, baby. Oof. <laughs> Oof. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Would you party hardy or uh, get, get get into the gambling a bit too much? Not nah, a gamble, but yeah, we got on it a bit. It was fun. <laughs> smart man, smart man. I'm not. I'm not big on gambling either. Um, nah, can't do it. But get, getting back to uh, to Paul here for a moment. He's two and two in the UFC. Has a loss to Tyson Pedro, Khalil Roundtree, both by KO. Uh, was there much that you can take away from those losses that you plan to capitalize on on Saturday? Yeah, um, I normally just leave the, that to, to my coach. Um, he's a mastermind. He'll, he'll come up with a game plan and I'll watch it a few times and pick my own things and we'll watch it together and, and sort of run through what we, what we plan to do. Um, there's definitely repetitive stuff he does and you know, we're, we're just looking to go out there and, and find the holes that he's, that he's had in the past and you know what? He might have fixed them up. We'll find new ones. All right. Now, anybody who really follows this sport usually has a keen eye for a guy like yourself. Young, talented, hungry, and, I mean, just speaking with you now, I feel like you've already got the mindset that a lot of guys take years to develop. But all that being said, man, uh, you could probably take this division by storm. I sure, I'm sure you'd agree with that. Uh, yeah, man. I just uh, I, I think the UFC want to sort of push me through. Um, I don't mind. You know, if they, if they want to hold me back or push me through, I'm just going to take every fight as it comes. Um. I know I could potentially be in the top 10 within three fights. doesn't bother me. I'm just going to take it as it comes. Now, I, I talk to a lot of guys about that, uh, especially out of, out of the contender series. You know, sometimes we've seen the UFC push guys a little bit too fast uh, up the rankings, and then, you know, there's some setbacks and so on. I, I, it sounds to me like you're not concerned with that at all. You're willing to step in there against the best of the world right now. Mate, I, I made my pro debut against a guy that was ranked five in the country and was 12 and five. My second fight was against a guy that was seven and two and ranked third in the country. I don't care. I really right. don't. Um, we're fighters. We're not like 
all these guys that want to come out and they want to claim they they'll fight anyone until it's put pen to paper and then they want to pull out like pussies, man. I'm not like that. If I say I'll fight anyone, I don't care if they offered me to box Mike Tyson this weekend. I would rock up and fight. Ah, <laughs> man. So you're you're just a really hungry young guy, man. Man, I love it. I love this sport. I don't do this sport for any other reason than the fact that I love it. And I tell you what, man, I think that that's, uh, that's one of the really important parts to a successful career is you hear so many guys talk about uh, their motivations, whether it be money or fame or legacy, the love of the sport, man. And, and if that's something that leaves you, you're in trouble. But, but you are passionate about mixed martial arts. Man, I always have been and always will be. Right. Well, it's, it's refreshing to hear that, man. Um, speaking of uh, fellow countrymen, Tyson Pedro set to fight a legend of the sport in your division against Mauricio Shogunhua. How do you see that one playing out? I think, uh, I think Tyson subs him. Um, or he, hit, he clips him with a head kick. Um, Tyson, Tyson's amazing. I've got nothing but respect for Tyson. Um, talked to him a few times. Never trained together. I wanted to get some rounds in with him for this one, but we were both just too busy. Um, but yeah, I see, uh, I see Tyson finishing him. Now, and, and of course, in the main event, we got JDS versus Tai Tiavasa. That ought to be a banger as well. Who are you picking? Oh, man. I love um love JDS. I've been a massive fan of his for years. Oh, I love Shogun too. Um, but I think uh, I think Ty's just too hungry. If if JDS shows up like he used to, it'll be a war. If he shows up like he has, not not his last few fights, but he how he has recently, um, I think I think he's in a bit of a trouble. And you're also taking the very diplomatic approach here, and of course picking your your fellow Aussies. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not biased. <laughs> I'm just playing, man. Uh, but getting back to the, your own matchup, I'm, I'm sharing a hotel with them. <laughs> They'll <laughs> right. fucking bash me if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to your own matchup, do you feel the pressure to go out there and make a big statement for this debut, or are you more more focused on having some fun and kind of relishing in the moment? Yeah, I started feeling a bit of pressure about the whole event um, a few weeks ago, and I sort of sat down with my coach, and he just goes, hey, what, what, are you, what are you here for? And um, it was just good having someone with that experience just to talk me through it. And then I, I came out of that, and I just thought, well, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm here where I want to be. Like, what, what's the point of thinking about what I can't control? Let's just go out there and, and yeah, fight like we're supposed to. Right, have some fun and, and do what, like you said in this whole interview, do something that you love. Exactly. Right. Uh, when you visualize this fight playing out, what do you see? Paul Craig in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, I just I just don't see how he's going to beat me. Um, I, know, I know it's very, like, I know he's capable of beating anyone in the world, but I'm going to be too switched on and just out of the way of everything he throws, everything, every submission he throws up, I'm just going to be two steps ahead of him. And um, he thinks, like, he just thinks I'm coming out there to throw a big overhand right and, and throw bombs. But I'm much, there's much more to my fight style and much more to my game plan than um, people on the outside can see. Right, so for him, he might just be looking at a guy who's going to come out there and try to try to knock him out. But in reality... You're very well versed and very well rounded in this game. Yeah, I'm technical. People don't say it, but I, I can be technical. And on top of that, like you said, I mean, pushing that pace that that plays a, that plays a big factor in a fight. So, um, yeah, I know he's fit as though. I know that I know he can go three rounds no problem. He's uh, he's one of those wiry guys that can just go forever. So I know that he's going to be there um, with. I, I know he's just as fit as me. Um, I think I've got every other advantage there. Now, assuming you come out of this fight uninjured, have you put any thought to how quickly you'd like to get back in there? And I know you said that... Feb 10, uh, Melbourne. Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Feb 10, Melbourne. Okay, yeah, all right. So that's that's a pretty good turnaround. What's that, two months? Almost three months? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I got a, a week of drinking beer and eating food, and then I'm back into it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, that, that obviously that, that, that would be perfect for you. Uh, but you mentioned that three fights a year, that that's what you're comfortable with? Is, is that what you're going to try to go for in 2019, or are you going to try to maybe get four in? I want to get 
I want to get four to five. That'd be amazing. But yeah, probably three. Okay. I'd love to fight five times a year. Right, right. Got to be conservative, though, man. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you in- fight everyone, there's no one left to fight. That's true. That's true. That's true. And and hey, man, when you're out there making big statements like that, and and uh, you know making money to do what you love, you also need to take a little time to enjoy it as well. So uh, exactly. Now so I've got the right guys in my corner to to sort of give me a slap under the ear when I start mouthing off too much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, man. In conclusion, tell all the fans out there what they can expect on Fight Night and why your UFC debut is one they do not want to miss. Um. On Sunday or Saturday in America, you can expect me just to come out there and uh, fight with everything I've got and leave nothing leave nothing outside the cage. That's all I'll claim. And then whatever Paul Craig can take, he can take, but I don't think he's going to be making it to the last bell. All right, man. Anything you think we missed? Any shout-outs, sponsor plugs? The floor is yours, man. Um, Reebok. Reebok are looking after me real well. Love Reebok. Busy Australia, Mass Nutrition, Bendigo, and um, Michelle Reeves helped me on my nutrition heaps, and um, Don Camillo Cafe for all the free coffee, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than that. That's a good sponsor to have, See, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Sam. He owns Don Camillo's, and he's staring at me with, with a death stare right now. <laughs> All right, listen. I don't have to wait till Sunday to punch on now. <laughs> All right, listen. Thanks again for the time today, Jim. Very much looking forward to your debut and what I believe is a very bright future ahead of you in the UFC. Uh, hopefully, we can catch up after a big win. Best best of luck on what is for me Saturday, but Sunday for you, man. My man, thank you very much, bro. Appreciate having me on. Yeah, no, always a pleasure. And uh, like I said, man, hopefully we can catch up after a big win and. Uh, very much looking forward to it, man. I got to say, just in this conversation, I think a lot of people should have their eyes on you now and uh, get on the train before it leaves the station, you know? My man. All right, brother. Awesome. Have a All good right, one, thanks, man. man. Later. Again, as I said earlier, Jimmy certainly is oozing with confidence going into this UFC debut against Paul Craig, who is a very dangerous opponent. So make sure you guys tune in. If you're in the West, if you're in the United States or Europe, this fight is going to be going down on Saturday. Of course, if you're down under, I'm sure you already know this, the fight will be on Sunday. That's UFC Adelaide. But that's it for us, folks. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. On behalf of the whole team, everybody at Team Penn, thank you very much for tuning in. We hope to catch you next week. And make sure you guys follow us on social media, bjpen.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. Set up alerts, get the news as it breaks. At Radio on Twitter as well. Everything you crave from the sport you love of mixed martial arts, bjpen.com. We have got you covered, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Be on the lookout for another episode dropping sometime next week. But until then, my friends, peace out, everybody.